You're listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Yes, yes, y'all. We are back with episode 59 of the AntsMarching.org podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I am Matt. I'm here with Jake and Joe. Joe, how's your Sunday going? It's going good. I heard a little bit of New York in in your accent there come out. You did? Yeah. A little... little. New pod, podcast. I can't do a New York accent, so I'm not going to try. But yeah, it was a little. <laughs> no <was> kidding. A, <laughs> it was a little bit of a New York accent there coming out. At least I heard it. Oh, uh, you know what, Jake? How are you doing? Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm from Yonkers, New York. Can't I, you tell by my accent? I, I want to know, Joe. How do you pronounce the acronym for Saratoga Performing Arts Center? It's back. Be honest. How did you used to say it? Did I? I don't you, like you know how I used to say it, or I know how you used to say it. What I don't remember. Joe used Joe used to think it was called Spock. <laughs> what? No! Oh come! No! Oh come on! That's an easy Spock. One. Come on! No, yeah, you I would not. Spock. Think, I did not call it Spock ever. Well, I have to call into question whether or not you sang the Sienna fight song now because you are so wrong on this. Oh my goodness! That could spill out on everything else. Oh, we'll never hear the end of that. Yeah, that's Captain Spock over here, Joe Joe M at the podcast. What are you drinking for our podcast today, Jake? What are you up to? Uh, I am drinking. If if you saw the little tease on the Ants Twitter, you'll know that I'm drinking a Cigar City Warehouse. See what I did there? Hoppy saison for you French speakers out there, uh, and it is very hoppy. And uh, saisons are little. Um, What's the word I'm looking for, Matt, to describe them? Um, Farmhousey. Yeah, maybe tart. Yeah, they can be. Yeah, but this is not. This is incredibly hoppy and and, and just it's just full of flavor. If you have a chance to drink a Cigar City beer, please go out of your way and drink one because they're really, really, really good. They're at a Tampa, Florida. I was actually over in Tampa last week, and I went right to the Cigar City distributorship and picked up a couple beers that uh, you can't get anyplace else. And that was one of them, and it is very, very good. Hmm. Matt? Oh, I uh, I switched it up. I was originally going to do something different, but I decided to go a little lighter. Um, this is a Saranac Disruption Nitro. It's out of a, it's out of a um, I think, a 16.9-ounce can, like a pounder. It is uh, a brown ale, um, but, it, but it drinks like a Guinness. It drinks like an Irish dry stout. Um, hmm. And like the Guinness, it's got the... The bottom of the can that uh, infuses the liquid with nitrogen as you open the top and you get a nice, full, foamy head on it, a la Guinness. It's really enjoyable, very drinkable, um, something a little different out of Saranac, or also known as the FX Matt Brewing Company. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good and it's refreshing on, uh, on this cold Sunday night. What about you, Joe? Well, I'm switching it up this time. And you're going to probably think that, who's this guy? What is he drinking? Because I don't have the traditional pick. Um, and I don't have anything to pour it in, but I have two of them, so I can do this. Two little glass bottles here. Uh, Summit Brewing Company. It's Pilsner, Bohemian style, uh, from this place called St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, so I'm rocking, uh, rocking two of those. Did you pick that up on the drive over or from the hotel lobby? Hotel lobby. That's awesome. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what they had. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, going to enjoy one of these while we, while we pod. Not bad, not bad. We, again, I know we probably intro this every every single week, but we're going to try to 
to be a, a little more succinct on this podcast, would you say? Uh, everybody's got places to go, things to do. Uh, <laughs> Jake's already fighting off uh, his TV dinner. Oh, God, I'm so tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but let's jump right into kind of a follow-up on what we talked about last week. Warehouse ticket confirmations, we, we went into at length last week. But what happened on Friday of this week was the public on sale. And uh, I'm sure, again, very dependent on venues, but it got a lot of people back uh, with their dander back up, I would say, this week, right? Yeah, it, se- it seemed like it seemed like uh, there were a, a plethora of complaints from fans on the boards and on Twitter and f- pretty much every place about uh, attempting to purchase tickets and everything being sold out or only lawns available, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, uh, on the other hand, though, I know people that had great success finding tickets at other venues. So it seemed like the quote-unquote – Larger venues sold out pretty quickly. Would you think that's a fair assessment? Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I tried for a couple and not really have had much luck myself. It seemed like that was pretty much the consensus, at least, like you said, for the popular ones. And those are the ones that obviously everyone goes for first, knowing that you can probably pick up the the smaller venues or the the less, least popular venues, you know, after you tra- make a first pass at that. But, yeah, I mean, it was, um, I think... Generally, didn't really hear a lot of successes of people saying, "Yep, scored uh, scored some good tickets." Yeah, it's, it's frustrating, especially when you've seen, as we've talked about on the podcast, a declining overall attendance number over the years to over the last four or five years. Right. Uh, I personally tried for Saratoga and were immediately directed to Lawns. There were no pavilion seats on sale through Ticketmaster. Right. Yet, ironically enough, if you go search um, any of the places that resell tickets you'll be able to find plenty of seats in the lower or the uh, pit area for SPAC for an exorbitantly uh, profitable price you know if there was ever anything that you know i'm going to start a hashtag you know ticket prices matter i'm going to start a group because if there's any ever anything to be outraged at that people just simply sit there and and complain and then they shut up and take it and they pay it's the secondary ticket market. Boycott the band. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, why is that? Why does that not happen? Boycott the band. Well, you know, the thing is, though, it's not really so much the band. It is the people selling those tickets to specific buyers who turn around and sell them on a secondary market. And, and I'm not pointing. I'm not pointing the finger at Dave Matthews Band specifically. I mean, in this case, I suppose we are, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying right. to make is. Railing against the ticket companies does you no good. Pearl Jam signs with venues that don't deal with Ticketmaster. That's how they got around it, right? Well, and 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 they're the best. They're the best concert to see and, uh, and, if, to get tickets. And when <laughs> you've got a, 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 a band or not the band, but their management or their ticket arm that that goes after scalpers, but as long as they sell five hundred dollar tickets and they make that profit, it's okay. What the hell? Yeah, I think that I think that's really frustrates people with Live Nation and Ticketmaster is the fact that you, the day everything's on sale, you click like you described, you get nothing or you get lawn, and instantly you're redirected like, hey, but there's these available on the resale site for you know double the price. You know that just frustrates people. And you're right, the only way you're not going to get anything that's going to happen from boycotting the band, the band. 
you know, has to um, want to go through a different different ticket reseller. And I think this band, they've actually tried to do that or done that in the, in the past. I think it's just difficult to to do that to do it that way, and the effort to go into it. Um, you know, and so this thing happens. The tickets get into brokers' hands. Brokers get access to tickets, and then they just start scalping them and setting them for ridiculous prices. Just for giggles, I'm I'm looking at tickets right now on a. Uh, I guess it's a new site that just popped up. It's called eBay. Um, eBay. I, I see tickets for SPAC for uh, $324.99, two tickets for $720. Um, you know, that's that's the resale market that it is. Yep. It, it's it's crazy. It's very unfortunate, but that's what it is. Oh, and, and, do you have an idea where one of those tickets, where is that coming from? And you have to throw out the possibility that they're Saratoga members that get those tickets because some of them are that. Sure. Because they ha- they get dibs. But outside of that, where are these? How are these tickets getting out there into the channel? Well, that's that's another that's another story in another podcast in its entirety because that's been a scandal going on for many many years involved with with Ticketmaster and 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 the resale and selling to to specific brokers. Uh, for kickbacks, this, there was a big scandal in England uh, a number of years ago that had. It's to do called with, a row, with... actually, not a scandal. Okay, sure. A big row oh. in England. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Didn't know. Did you learn that when you were riding in the lift? Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I, I took a I took a lorry to the venue. So <laughs> on the pitch, is that correct? Did, did I say pitch. that right? Yes. Okay. Can we? Stop talking. Like Dispense a with the story. You guys are required to do this for the for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> am I gold? So, Stop being a tosser as, and finish your story. Am I gold? So as I was saying, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Anyway, the point is, something's amiss. S- something's going on because you can't have that many tickets pop up the second the public sale happens. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know what it is, but something's not right. Oh, the brokers have deals with with the ticket agencies to get a certain allotment of tickets. This is not just for DMB concerts; it's for massive levels and you know national levels. Brokers get some allotment of tickets. They take those tickets. They sell them for premium. So, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, especially for some of these venues. And I, I know I don't know if SPAC's just extra you know in demand this year. Given you know the no touring next year and, and people just want to go you know maybe the you know again it's got a, a little bit better placement in the tour you know not in the early May time frame that it had for you know a, a run a few years ago um, you know maybe it's just maybe just higher demand but there are tickets still available for other venues at least last I checked on Friday you know other venues out there still had upper pavilions um, available I think you know obviously. People that are most vocal about it, or at least you know, uh, ants members, you know, obviously going for the best seats. We want, they want lowers, they want pits. You know, they're going to be vocal about that. Um, you know, so when we talk about declines and we talk about you know people not getting what they want. We have to be honest. We're probably talking about specific. We're really going for premium seats or better seats. We're not just talking you know lawn tickets. Right, and you know that's something we talked about last week, guys, about about the problem with with. The warehouse members not getting the seats they desire for the people that've been around for a while, and you know we don't want to beat a dead horse any more than we already did. But I think that to a point, there has to be something said to the fact that if you've been around for a while, 
you don't want to sit further back. So what you're going to do is you're going to request pit and you're going to request lower. Right. Well, if everybody requests pit and lower, guess what? Some people aren't going to get it. Yep. And I think that plays into it. But then when you turn around and you're like, okay, well, I'll just go to the public sale and see what I come up with. And you get shut out there. That just builds the frustration up a little higher. Yep. We usually do um, podcast questions at the end, but this one came through on Twitter and it really fit this topic that we wanted to open up with. Um, so um, Rydog85 asks us if we think Live Nation should just tell people that they only have lawn to, um, to uh, the public on sale day at certain venues. <laughs> I, I, I'd be kind of facetious, right? Um, they don't give right. a shit. They don't care. I mean, they would, never, they, they, would, they would never, they would never advertise that they were, they're only selling lawn It'd actually be great if they only were uh, selling lawn and that the, the warehouse got all the pavilion, that'd be awesome. Um, but no, it, it'd be great if they just came out and said, Hey, great news, everybody. I know the public sale starts in 10 minutes, but we're already sold out. So everything's taken <laughs> care of. So don't worry about it. Yeah, go back to your regularly scheduled lives and don't don't slave over uh, our website here trying to try to get tickets. There are plenty of people who, who have said, I'm not doing anything but reserved, and then have no choice in front of them that lawn and buy them. So that alone means they'll never do that. True. True. Yeah. They they don't wanna they're not gonna turn away the turn away the business. But it, it's pretty sad. Uh, how difficult um, it's been to get tickets to some of the to, to some of the shows. So there are people on Periscope saying they got to get themselves a Citibank card, you know, and, and talking about that. I would encourage you don't. You're encouraging these partitioning of the available. You know, all you're doing is t- making more slices of the same size pie. It's gonna happen. It's gonna. It's gonna happen. I mean, you're not gonna get everybody to not use City where they stop. I mean, your best if if you're a hardcore fan. Let's let's the hardcore fans. Here's how you do it. You got to get a City card. I would say. You, you know, you got to have that extra chance. Again, and I actually heard some people that got really good tickets from the city presale. I don't know if you guys heard anything. Um, I think I think you gotta. It's with how limited the options are. I think I think you can't. It's not not time to blow. Okay, a week before the show, are we gonna see a bunch of tickets getting dumped that they can't sell? No, I don't think so. Well, but what it's about happened the last, before. What about the last five years. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before. There's been there's been ticket dumps before. I mean, that, that's very possible. A ticket dumps, yes, but not to, that they're not going to be able to sell. Joe, they have not sold. I mean, we've talked about this. The sellouts. They haven't sold out the, they haven't sold out the lawn. They sell at the. We're talking pavilion. They they sell at the pavilion at nearly every show. Okay. They we're don't talking about lawn. lawn. Talking about lawn. We ain't talking about pavilion. We're, talk, we're talking about lawn. The line. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> R- Rydog85 uh, just uh, tweeted at the. Uh, Ants account uh, with the hashtag Ants Podcast with a link to a story talking about uh, Madison Square Garden executives busted in a ticket scalping scandal. That was a Periscope equivalent of this just in and somebody handing you a note. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> so, I, you know, this is what we were just talking about. This is something that happens, and we don't know if it's happening here specifically, obviously, but it's real and it's out there. And to, to ignore it would be, you know, naive. Right. It's definitely going on, and it's just taking away the quantity of tickets from the from those that that could do something, you know, could go. Well, and it's, it sucks when we, you know when the band has spent so much time trying to make an affordable ticket, which you know has difficult to do. Um, that there's things like this going on for for scalpers and well, brokers. I would I would argue that the cost the the opportunity cost lost in keeping relatively cheap tickets is made up for more than made up for. 
by the side deals with the brokerage firms and the jacked up VIP tickets. Oh yeah, for sure. So oh, yeah. so here's the thing. Here's my it's kind of kind of controversial, but I mean that's a nice way to say, hey, see guys, we're fighting for low prices and sticking it to us at the same time. Wow! Yeah. Apparently, I'm the only uh, one who feels that way. Well, I mean, I I, I, yeah, I, I just don't think it's I don't think it's a, a a white or black issue. No, but but the point is, there are a million causes that people will freak out and say, "I'm not going to buy that," or "I'm not going to do this." But for some reason, the band is untouchable in in that re- arena. But but again, we're we're almost going back to the to the problem we have with the warehouse and the ticketing in, in, in itself. I mean, what are you, sp- I mean, I guess you could say, all right, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to go. Um, that's an opportunity where you could just go to the concert and just wait for the concert to start and wait for somebody to get super desperate and buy a ticket for 40 bucks. The best thing we can do is, is keep complaining, you know, or making our voices heard is maybe the best way to put it. You know, sure. You're not, we're, we're not going to get a boycott. People aren't going to boycott city, pre-sale they're not gonna boycott the warehouse it, it, you know it is what it is they got us right but we can definitely make our voice heard and uh, you know and just and and hopefully something will change but it, it's unrealistic to think that there's going to be some kind of boycott going on hmm. my opinion well, I'm, and i'm not and i'm not calling for one i'm just saying i'm surprised that you haven't seen more of that organized yeah you know yeah I mean, uh-huh. it's 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 difficult to organize. I mean, how do you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I know, I know. And I, and a lot of these times, it's just more complaining about it than actually doing it. But even still, you hear just just complaining and and not even an idea outside of just I'm, this sucks. The commander sucks. Right. I, I I think a lot of this has to do with and we're we're bringing up SPAC a lot. I think a lot of this has to do with the whole um, home venue thing. Where people are now going, my God, you know, can't I just sit in the front section for my own show? I wanna, uh, can I, I just get a ticket to my home show? Is what people are saying. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm starting something. No shows in 2017. I support your. <laughs> I stole that off of a gentleman on Periscope, so I, I'm not going to take credit for that. But I thought that was funny. I'll boycott we're all, 2017. We're all, bo- we're all boycotting 2017. Yes, <laughs> to, to, and to because of yeah, the you ticket. say that now until they play 11 shows. <laughs> well, they will. Uh, well, I mean, as always, I think we have the uh, ticketing forum uh, on Ants, um, face value only, lots of opportunity to trades or people in search of or people selling. And it's pretty dynamic from now until right before the show. So no, all hope is lost. And I would say, in my experience, don't freak out and go try to buy from a broker or a scalper right now. Things will happen. You just kind of have to wait for people to start making plans or p- plans not falling, coming through and tickets start to kind of change in hands. And, you know, there's opportunity to pick up tickets for face value. Don't uh, don't panic yet. And, and please, when you go to um, the Ants uh, Ticketing Forum, there's a great little uh, – there's a couple important th- threads in there. Um, the In Search of thread is st- sticky right to the top. So you don't need to make a new thread that says, I am looking for two tickets in the pit for Wichita. Okay, just go up top and put it in the in search of, or just wait around for somebody to post something they're going to sell. That's probably yep. your best bet. And also there's a great little um, good, bad uh, ticket trader thread that is uh, numerous pages long, started by our own Joe M. many years ago. Uh, 
just kind of pop in there and make yourself familiar with some names because there are some people out there that are a little sketchy um, Mm -hmm. and they're still out there now. So just kind of look around there. But really, it's a great place to find tickets um, and people are selling everything for for face, which is which is beautiful. Yep. It's a really well moderated forum, too, actually. It it is. We have three people that really stay in there a lot and, and really clean it up. So, you know, hats off to our to our mods that really take care of that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that pretty much wraps up the segment on blasting away at Ticketmaster et al. So uh, let's move <laughs> on from that to something a little more fun. Um, this is now now that we've got, talked about the whole fan base getting pissed off. Now, now we're going to piss off Joe with another In the Spotlight release. Piss off Joe? Well, Joe wanted to release these things every three or four years. So we thought we'd be a little more aggressive <laughs> than that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes so we've got uh, maybe. a volume three of our in the spotlight series if you are just joining us so we'll do a quick recap on the podcast now um we are going to be recommending interesting shows to download from our torrent section on our site um and we we're going to do it weekly then we're going to do it monthly i think we're going to land on every two weeks now i think that's that gives us 26 releases a year so that should that rope should last us quite a bit of time so, um, so in the spotlight, volume three, this week is going to be Joe. Drum roll, maybe something. Oh, there. There we go. Is June nineteenth, two thousand, at Blossom Music Center. Good venue. So, so yeah. So if you'll know, if 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 you've browsed the uh, the database of Tour Central, you'll know that this was the summer two thousand tour tour opener. It is at Blossom Music Center, which I've t- I've talked about being my favorite venue in the country, and it is um, the the show where four songs off the Lily White Sessions made their live debut. Um, I'd argue, and Jake, tell me what you think about this: the most anticipated tour opener ever. I, I truly think so. I, I agree with that statement. The anticipation for those that weren't around back in the day, the anticipation building up to that tour was like nothing you've ever seen. This was going to be the follow-up album to Before These Crowded Streets. It had been out for a couple of years, and it had really kind of grown on people to the point where they loved it. The anticipation was so high for the next release. There had been some releases about some song ideas and such that were out there, and it was just nonstop talk about this very first show that popped up, and and the set list for it is looking back on it now is just like literally a dream come true. Just a fantastic show. Uh, and you know what? I spoke, I misspoke to start to jump in on Jake. That's not blossom. It's actually Polaris in Columbus. I was going to say there. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes more sense. I was actually looking at, I was like, was I at this show? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, blossom. Yeah, I have it a different, I was at blossom, but it was, it wasn't on six nineteen, So I was getting very confused. Okay. So Polaris in Columbus. Yes. Uh, in 2000, which makes a classic, sense, yeah. a classic venue in DMB lore, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it, they did used to start the tours back in Columbus at Polaris, yep. um, you know, outdoor th- uh, theater. Used to do two nights out there. So yeah, okay. I'm, now, now I'm with I you. I saw now. Ohio, and that's just I think about like overrated college football teams and and Blossom when I think Ohio. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. That's really uh, that's what you think of. We'll make, well, you we'll make us sing the Ohio State fight song on the podcast. Uh, hey, in if, the you, if you play Sienna in football and beat us, I'll do it. <laughs> you guys don't have a football team, right? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> Thank I like goodness it. for that. But yeah, I'm sorry, Jake. I, I stepped on you there. But but no, no. I was just going to mention that the the two songs that were essentially brand new were "Sweet Up and Down" and "Gray Street." And then the first full band performances were of songs that that Dave had played with Tim in the 1999 Dave and Tim tour. That was "Bartender" and also "Digging a Ditch." So something interesting happened with "Sweet Up and Down," wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, um, I, I, and I try to compare it to what I experience now um, when listening to the recordings when the band first plays a new song. Um, when you're listening to the recording or you're at the show and the band's playing a song for the first time ever, I think nowadays you get kind of a, a really somber reaction, right? People just stay quiet and they listen. Joe, have you experienced anything different really? No. Yeah. That's that's pretty much, and so sweet up and I'm listening to the show and and I listened to it back in 2000 when we were all anticipating the show so much when the tapes start, first started rolling out. So in preparation for um for this in the spotlight release, I started listening to the show again and I and it, specifically the sweet up and down track just to see what the first live performance of this the song sounds. So they start playing a new song and the crowd gives a little bit of a burst, um and then as soon as Dave starts the scat breakdown at the beginning, the place explodes. You. Don't hear that kind of stuff for a, a new song, typically, out of this band. Whether that means the song was that much more well-received than a, than a recent new well, song, well, or were people, it was... Sim- were people ahead. just cheering because he was scatting? Well, they they, they, I mean, that, they were into it. Are they into it, or are they just cheering because they scatting? Because it's like when Dave walks up and he says... He drops the f bomb, or he, you know, makes a funky face, and everybody cheers like, "Oh my gosh, that's the best thing ever!" And it's like it has nothing to do with the song. It's because Dave's doing something. I think and you're going to have to finally, listen to the finally, tape. I, I think I'm going to. But, but, but it, I, it, that's what I. That's what I. When, when you're describing it yes. in my head, I'm just thinking it's the mockery yeah, cheer because Dave um, did his noodle dance. It, it felt. It felt like. It felt like they were psyched with the song. Okay, all right. It did. did. I could be wrong. You know, what's funny about that is Joe basically just described uh, what you are. Oh, my God, he just said an F-bomb. Yay, oh, this is the greatest performance ever. Woo, the song's so good. This should close the the night. Close be the encore closer. Yeah, because he says, get down on your knees, mother effer. Whoa, oh, my God. (laughs) Whoa, yeah, woo, woo, woo. But but no, the, the, the reaction to Sweet Up and Down was actually quite great, and... The only thing I could think of, because you have to you have to kind of put everything in perspective, because songs were heard before they were played live, a, a lot of times with albums and such. The only song that I could kind of think of of recent time that really got a really super positive reaction from fans was "Belly Belly Nice." That seemed like when it debuted in 2012, fans really got it. Fans really dug it. Um, you could get a little deeper on that and say, well, that's because they didn't like the first couple songs they heard from away from the world. You could say it's because it's more upbeat. You, you could almost make a case for death on the high seas. Cause it seems like that's got a pretty positive reaction from people, but because it's such a slower song, it's a little different. Did shotgun have the same reaction when it was first played? Because people really came to like that. You know, that's a good point, Matt. That's, you know what that 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 might be the one that might that might be a, a reaction that was close to sweet up and down yeah, and that's one of the that's just that that song holds a weird place in my heart i really i really like it it's it's a very different song than than what what they're used to 
And I do wonder if we'll ever see that little as a little side note. I love Shotgun. So you think that you you think or you know that the debut of Shotgun had a good crowd reaction? It's a popular right now. It's a popular um, performance. Oh yeah, fans right. like it yeah, now. Right. I don't know if I could specifically say that one off the top of my head. I actually listened to it like that's that's two weeks Pittsburgh ago. also. Boy, Pittsburgh gets everything. Burgettstown. I'll yep. tell you. Two thousand six. Oh yeah. Oh look at this. This I'm sorry. It's the show. One sweet world opener. Pig. JTR. Early PNP Rapunzel. Nancy's Warehouse. Shotgun. Idea view, which I don't care for. Um, American Baby intro into two step for the encore. For all of those of you that are just tuning in now, this is the point of the podcast where Matt looks at a show from 2000 and drools over it. That was 2006, though. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Damn right it is. <laughs> but yes, that, that's, that segment's over now. <laughs> you know, it, it's popular now. I, I'm just trying to think back. I just, like I said, I listened to it two weeks ago. Reaction was good. Um, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I could if I could make that statement yeah. say so, but it is it is certainly one of the songs that got played and was very popular mm. as soon as it got played. So that show, uh, the player show, is, is it is a cool set list. Um, if you're not taking a look at it, uh, it's Warehouse. What would you say? Forty one. So much to say. Nancy's Sweet Up and Down. Don't drink the water. Played on the twelve string. Uh, then typical. This is a monster set list. Um, Gray Street. Lion Our Graves. Too much. Bartender. Jimmy Thing. The Lone Ranger, Jimmy Thing. Um, Tripping Billies, okay. Digging in a Ditch and Two-Step. Uh, that's the set list. You know, this is back when they still played 16 or 17 songs and they called it a night. Um, really great set list. Admittedly, Boyd is terrible on this release. Um, He's not terrible, but I mean... Yeah, there, it's, sh- it's shaky. Uh, um, not good on Gray Street. Very shaky, it almost sounds like. Um that's it's okay. Tour, it's a tour opener. I think it's about par for a tour opener. We're okay with that. Yeah. I mean, hey, we're releasing it, right? <laughs> we <Yes>. are releasing it. <laughs> we're recommending it in our but, little series here. Uh, the taper is Casey Morgan. So, Casey, thank you very much. Um, excellent tape, and we are proud to have it and host it on, uh, on Ants. So it's a really good quality recording. And- it really is. It's it's a great recording, and and it's and like you said, it's a tour, or like Joe said, it's a, it's a tour debut. So there's there's a couple squeaks and honks around, but I think, as Matt was saying, the interesting thing is just listen to the crowd. Just listen to the, I mean, you could just hear the anticipation hmm. on each song. Sadly, I was not at these shows. I looked. Um, would have been nice. That was these. These are some pretty nice shows. Off to uh, before I download it. Going. Oh this, yeah, really? This is the year before I saw my first show. Yeah. Oh wow! God, you didn't see any in two thousand. That was still fifteen years ago. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I, I had seen shows before this, but they were just all local to the Cleveland area. I wasn't uh, traveling to different cities at that point, so I didn't make my way down to Columbus in two thousand. So I saw the two thousand in Cleveland at Blossom, um, but I didn't see these Polaris things. A little, a little bit of trivia: this, this, where this, this show happened, this venue. In, no longer exists. It's just a grassy field that has left dormant for the past, I don't know, six years or more now. And it, they just announced they're going to be putting an Ikea in where it's at now. So this uh, this place is now an Ikea. That's pretty heartbreaking. That I is. don't know. I love Ikea, man. 
<laughs> that's, that's some pretty good shit right there. And instead, Columbus gets a show this year indoors. <laughs> well, okay, so that's spotlight uh, in the Spotlight Volume 3. Um, you listeners on the podcast and you Periscopers are the first to hear about this release. Um, we're going to actually put up the story for it on the site in the announcement midweek, but uh, we like to use the podcast as a vehicle to kind of um, give a bit of an early release for the show. So that'll be up. That'll be featured in the downloads area, and you can download it. We're also going to put a link up for an RSS feed for this series. So imagine being able to subscribe to DMB Live, where whenever a release goes up, you can, you automatically download it, and it's on your system when you get home. We're going to do the same kind of thing for In the Spotlight. So you'll be able to subscribe to an RSS feed, and as soon as we post a new In the Spotlight show, boom, you'll have it. So uh, that's coming soon as well. So keep an eye on the uh, downloads area for that. And, um, and to that point, we've got uh, 1,461 shows ready to download from the site. So things are looking uh, pretty good with the downloads. We've got another few hundred coming within the next week or so, maybe a couple weeks, depending on how much time I have this upcoming weekend. But uh, we're still going. We want to get to the point where where we're able to say to the community, we have every show we know of to be recorded. Challenge us. Go ahead and find one that's not out there and upload it. We want to get there. So that's our goal, ultimately. So, um, yeah, so that's about as good a place to any to end the first segment. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back. We will talk about our DMD vote series. We'll take some listener questions. And so hang with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Antsmarching.org podcast. We are raring and ready to go and trying to get you guys out of here at a decent hour tonight. I know everybody has to get home. Yes. So, we're going to talk about DMB Vote. Uh, Joe's awesome series. It's starting to get really... Uh, it's not Joe's series. It is Joe's series. Ugh. It is. It is. <laughs> it, uh, it, if, if, you, if you're saying it's Joe's series, that means it's not doing very well because you don't want to be associated with it. And you know, if, it's, if, it's, if it's bad, it's Joe's series. If it's good... It's uh, Matt's series. It's still fledgling. Series. It's fledgling, but okay, okay, I'm, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm reserving judgment. That's all. Yeah, when it and becomes that's a monster. I'll swoop right in and say, "Had your back the whole time." Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm gonna know when we made it. Is when you start taking <laughs> when you start taking credit for the song series uh, as a whole. You know, it's to the point now where I just like the fact that you hate getting credit for it. 
I know. I do. I really hate it. Stop it. Good. So, uh, this is volume six results this week, right? Volume six. Okay, yeah, we so, had uh, yeah, Belly Belly Nice. So we had Belly Belly Nice was the vote, and we had three. There's been three official releases of Belly Belly Nice. Um, one from um, Cricket uh, Amphitheater in Chula Vista. From, it's on Warehouse 7, Volume 2, and Warehouse 10, Volume 2, from 9, 7, 12. And um, then we have Live Tracks 29 version, which is Blossom, um, from 6, 1, 13. And Live Tracks 36, which is uh, from last year's Alpine Valley shows. Um, so I uh, tallied them up, but uh, Jake, did you have any uh, input into this uh, this week's Belly Belly Nice vote? I love the Warehouse one because I love the trombone with Lashim on that. It, I just think it gives a little bit more to the song. That, that's what pushes it over the top for me. And I would have thought that too. Um, but surprisingly, that was the least number of votes. Ooh. And I don't know. I don't know why. I don't have any input on why why that one was not light you would have thought yeah with the trombone that would have been a little bit more unique i have, and, a, theory. But, I have a theory what's that venue bias yeah it's gotta Cause, be because because you're gonna tell me that that freaking alpine one well i would say I mean, you got alpine and blossom and then chula vista it's 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 two top tier venues yeah i think that's my guess i would have picked blossom i i like that recording a lot okay yeah, I, I mean, like that you was, like it too? I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I, mean, I really like the warehouse one. Yeah, to get the uh, the trouble. I mean, yeah, it's surprising. I I will say that we ha- I do have we do have to question sometimes some of the votes because it, I was noticing in some of the votes via the social media sites that we were getting some votes. We we list out the three options and we just put A, B, or C next to it so you can easily respond A, B, or C, whichever one you want to pick. Well, we got some. B minuses. We got a B plus. <laughs> so uh, you know, maybe some people can't really pick up on the concept here, and they're actually giving they're giving Belly Belly Nice a grade or what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too sure. So uh, I don't know if I need to change the um, the options from letters to something else so that uh, it's not confusing. Um, but the winner came in, and it was literally probably came down. The, the, I told you which one didn't make it. The um, the cricket one came down to the other two. It, I think, it came in like six <coughs> votes of each other. It was that close. Um, but the winner, by just a bare m- small margin, was Live Tracks Thirty Six Alpine Valley. Alpine. So yeah. So I guess you know, for in general, you know, either 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 pick is a good one if you want to pull out a, a official release of Belly Belly Nice to play for somebody that maybe hasn't heard it before. You want to introduce it to them. Sounds like either one of the live tracks is a good go-to, but... Oh, we forgot the drum roll. Oh, the drum roll. Go ahead, do it now. And the winner is Live Tracks 36, Alpine Valley. Do you know I could post-produce that, cut it out, and make it sound all natural, but I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. No no way. There's no way that's going to (laughs) happen. Not going to happen. So, yeah, so it... um, so that one will act, will make it to the final list, even though it was a quite uh, tight one, a squeaky close one. That'll make it to the final list. So, and now we got a new one for next week. Volume seven. Volume seven. Put it into the big machine. Pulled out the um, ping pong ball. The first one that came out, and I think this is becoming a thread. The first one that came out is not one that we can do. So I think that that's just becoming like the thing. And so this week's one that we can't do that came out first. 
Sex Machine. How? Ow! Which oh. is uh, obviously a cover from, uh, what, Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah, Ma- uh, 2002. What a yes. fantastic show that was with, with James Brown doing Sex Machine. Oh, That's the that- only show that I'm aware of that had, um, like, pyrotechnic... Uh, type uh what was it the confetti shot into the air and rained down on the fans i'm not aware of that happening at other any other dmb show it happened at that one when james brown came out or at the end of the song they shot confetti into the into the stadium into the into msg to rain down on everybody is there another show that that's ever happened at well certainly didn't happen at the next show <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that i i actually believe it's happened before i i know they did some things with balloons on some of their New Year's Eve shows back in the day. Um, I believe they did something like that in Portland back in like the 90s. Really? Okay. So, yeah, some random place. I I think it was – Portland was a weird place. They used to play in Portland all the time. It was a a weird place? Well, it is a weird (laughs) place. There there used to be a guy. He was like infamous. He used to go to the shows – and he used to just smoke the bejeebas out of like every everybody's pot in the world and blow bubbles, smoke bubbles. And there would be these giant bubbles filled with marijuana smoke floating <laughs> through the venue, and then they would pop. And and like people talked to him like, "Oh yeah, you got to go to the show just to see the sky." <sighs> and, yeah, really? yeah, only Portland. Interesting. Yeah, if they were balloons. They were certainly filled with something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> surprised it wasn't meth. <laughs> well, well, well. I mean, it's kind of sad that we don't get to. I mean, we've only been performed once, right? So, you know, even if it was officially released, you know, we it wasn't like we would have a discussion to be able to compare, you know, which time of Sex Machine was the best. Um, but if you haven't seen, I know, I think there's some, um, you know, some rips of it and uh, video. Uh, yeah, there's a video on, on. Yeah, there's a video on uh, on YouTube about it too that really. There's a couple of them actually that really captures it, and uh, I mean, you see Dave dancing with James Brown, and uh, just it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and to, and to hear hear James Brown trying to instruct the the band, and, and he didn't have a clue who the hell anybody is. He's like calling out the card. It's like the drummer, the drummer, the drummer. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there is one song from that show that's that is a live release, which is Halloween, which is the first encore song. Uh, that was uh, that's played six times that winter tour, but that show is available to download, by the way, on Ants. Um, when that when that Sex Machine was played, Halloween was released on a on a on a compilation CD on a warehouse disc. That's right. Yes. Oh. So that was there, the first Halloween that was released on a warehouse disc. So there's some hope that it could maybe if, if they've released one song, that means that it's gone through some level of post production or you know. Being being retrieved for something, so maybe there's some hope that maybe one day we we will actually hear that. That'd be cool. <laughs> what was the? Uh, I, oh, that must have been the the night before. Um, yeah, the night before they've actually had a couple releases from. They did the Christmas song from that, and also they did a song that Jane likes on a warehouse desk, oh, which is actually a really really good song Jane likes. That's a hot pit. That's a hot period for uh, compilate warehouse discs, huh? Apparently. <laughs> well, so we can't vote on Sex Machine. Sadly, we'll just have to mm. listen to it um, uh, regardless. But um, so we had to pull a new ping pong ball out. The next one that came out, which is the one we will be able to do for this coming week's song series vote, and it is Smooth Rider. 
put on some sunglasses and listen to some Smooth Rider. So there's actually been five release officially released versions of Smooth Rider. Which is why? What's the what's the what's the grumble for? Oh, I thought you said Smooth Rider. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know Jake's feeling about Smooth Rider and. Listen, Jake. It could be a lot worse songs, but you know what? We don't get to choose what what the ping pong ball spits out. If we were if we were choosing the songs, you know, this series would be, you know, we would just go in the order of your probably the top ranked. Well, song. I mean, it, it'll be interesting um, to see the reaction from from Twitter. I mean, I, I mean, I, th- I think it's safe to say it's not the most popular song in the world. Well, I'm looking uh, forward to not voting. People like it. You, you always abstain. Uh, but yeah, people like. I mean, live. No, they don't. Like yes, they, no, they do. Don't. Oh they my don't. gosh, they like it. I, that's yeah, like, just yeah. like they cheer at the end of what you are. Give me a break. <laughs> I, I mean, I would put yes, I would put it in the same like, uh, I, you know, as far as what you are, smooth rider, same kind of range of of attention getting. But anyway, back to it. We got five releases of it. Actually, two of them are just from a couple nights from each other. The weekend at the rocks. The full box set, actually, which is the four nights that they did at the Red Rocks, they actually played it at night two of that trip, and they also played it on night four, which was the the charity night. Um, they, since they released that whole weekend, you get two versions of Smooth Rider from the same venue just a couple days apart from each other. So we have those two. And then it's also been on Live Tracks 25, which is... Um, the uh, was it the St. Louis show or the UMB uh, Bank Pavilion um, that has Butch on it, and so does the Weekend of the Rocks has Butch on it too. And then Live Tracks Six, which is Fenway Park, also has um, Butch on it. And then the last one is um, the Europe '07 compilation disc, which uh, I know we talked about this, Jake. This is the live at uh, Radio City bonus disc. Yes, that's the the Radio City bonus disc, which also, by the way, features uh, Dodo on it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> you had to figure. I knew you had to figure out some way to get Dodo into the podcast. You're damn right. Um, with it, but on the uh, Europe 07 compilation disc is a Dave and Tim version of Smooth Rider. That's from um, from Newcastle City Hall in Great Britain when they performed there. So um, those are going to be their versions. We'll put them out. I uh, want to hear your vote on what you guys think is the best officially released version of Smooth Rider. Watch for it on social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can always vote on the main page of Ants Marching on the poll. Uh, We will bring back the results and share them with you guys on the next podcast. And as always, if you want, use the hashtag and we will uh, DMB vote and we will, if you have any comments, we will use those in the next podcast. Cool. Thank you, Joe, for your segment on your feature DMB vote. Not my feature. <laughs> or you pick the songs that everybody. Has. I'm gonna I'm gonna force one of you guys to go through that in the next podcast, so it doesn't seem like it's my feature. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> Mute. Uh, so now it's on to listener questions. We have a we have a handful of good questions this week. Uh, I'm pretty pleased. Uh, again, thanks everybody. All you got to do is tweet at us um, with the hashtag Ants Podcast, and chances are we're going to. Uh, to air your question and, and talk about it. So let's see. Um, Will Sinclair, a, a regular, a great questioner, awesome participant, asks uh, Ants, will we get another Ants suggested live tracks? And what shows are leading on the vote for live tracks button that's on every single show's Tour Central page on the site? Jake? 
Oh, I have no idea what's leading us. But <laughs> you were going to say that. Um, it'd be nice. I think fans would be interested and want to participate. Uh, Live Tracks 16 was kind of cool. I think people liked it. I think it was good. Nice. Do you know what's leading off the top of your head? Uh, no. I know it used to be leading. Uh, which what, what what was it? Was it three twenty three? Was it Big League Chew? No, it was uh, the um, the two thousand seven last show of the tour. I think it was Berkeley. Um, the one with all the guests with the Marley Kids uh, Exodus and probably John Mayer was on. Is the one they did thirty four? Um, as I click slowly to figure out exactly what it was, it was stand by. Well, for those that don't know, maybe I don't know if everybody knows what you guys are talking about. Hollywood Bowl. There you go. Hollywood Bowl is there's a feature on the site, right? That for any show you can click like a vote that you would like to see this released as a live tracks, and we can tally up where most of the interest is for live tracks picks, right? That's correct. Correct. And so right now you're saying that the one that's gotten the most kind of activity that activity that people would like to see released as the next live tracks is Hollywood Bowl. You said it used to be. I haven't looked in over a year, but that used to be the show that was up there number one. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anything passed it. Uh, like that was number one, and and one of the ninety eight shows. I think it was MSG night two used to be number two. Um, I don't know if it's gained on it. Um, I mean, the Hollywood Bowl shows, it's a good show. It's its a, a guest fest sort of at the end, too. So it's kind of gets kind of crazy. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that would John be cool. Mayer's on 41. Uh, the, the Marley Brothers are on uh, Exodus. Well, does, that, does that complicate the ability to um, release it? Figure, probably, yeah, I figured. I mean, you can't just I would think so, without yeah. those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, think I, we I, talked about that before that there's there's royalties and all that that go into it, right? That's, so I would, that's I would on people, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that doesn't make it easy. I mean, it's interesting. 2007. I don't know if there's been a release from 2007. Has there? I I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, you know, it seems like it fall. You fall into some years where people kind of want some shows or don't want some shows. I guess there was there was that one from Atlanta that uh, they made the DVD of. The the, the um. No, no, whatever that place was, Piedmont. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, so there was one from 2007. All right, but, hang on. I'm I'm gonna try. I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write SQL query here to tabulate these votes. <laughs> nice. While you're doing that, I'm gonna Keep go talking. to the next go question, ahead. which is by uh, Blaze Kevin, um, who asks at Ants Marching. I'm all in for hashtag free dodo. Can I get some love for hashtag free help myself? Hashtag ants podcast. Let's not get carried away with the hint, the hashtags, but <laughs> um, yes, help myself is a great song. I actually like that song a lot, but let's just focus on the goal and the goal should be free Dodo. Tell your friends. Explain, yeah, explain this. I've been seeing this going around hashtag free Dodo. Uh, t-shirts. Every, I mean, like what, what's, what's, what is this free Dodo? What what um, what the fans are trying to do? Not me personally. This is the fans speaking. I am merely a conduit to the fans. Okay. The fans are trying to get Dodo, a song that has been teased a few times the last couple of years, to be played because mainly Dodo is awesome, and 
Dodo should not be extinct from set lists. Ooh. See what I did there? Yes. So uh, that is, I, I think, I mean, truly, in, in all honesty, I think that of all the songs that haven't been played, it's probably between Dodo and Monkey Man for the two that people really, really, really want to hear. And more people know Dodo than Monkey Man. I would okay. love to hear Cigarette Lit as well. Another I mean, I one would, from the from the Dave Solo sessions. I would like to hear that too. With uh, the the end is uh, Hold Me Down, which finally oh. got released uh, oh, on that yeah. Live Tracks twenty three. Yeah, um, I try to I try to think uh, what what kind of song would kind of go pretty funny with the hashtag free in front of it. <laughs> you know where I'm going? Like hashtag free. You know. Death on the high seas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's a pretty good one. There you go. That's like the free this hashtag free thing could get a little bit out of hand. Um, anyway, but okay, hashtag free dodo. Everyone's on board. Matt, you're on board for hashtag. Well, let, let's let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. I'm right. in. Uh, by the way, the live tracks. Oh yes. Uh, the winner is number one voter. Is actually one of my favorite shows. Highest rated shows is. Night two of Saratoga 2008. So 621.08. Ah, oh, yeah. What a we nice talked about the show. show on this podcast. It, it was a 40. It was a 40 release. Yes. We talked about the show, I think, last podcast or two podcasts ago. And yeah. Dream So Real also, Dream right? Dream So Real, the only one of the tour. 41, a shotgun. The only shotgun of the tour also. Only Dream So Real with Dave on piano. Yep. Yep. Uh, it was the 14th out of 400 times they played cornbread that tour. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, thank you, closer. You know. Other than that, I mean, it's a, it's a monster show. You got Iggy in there. You got Jimmy, money into money. That's Jimmy what I thing, want. Which you love, Jimmy Thing. That was my only negative vote on the show. But yeah, that's that's one. That's one, and uh, and the second one is you're right, Hollywood Bowl. So that spec one uh, outpaced that by now a couple hundred votes. Wow. Yeah. Yep. There you have it. The people have spoken. The people have spoken. There's been a surge. Um, how about another question? Go right ahead. All right. So r.mi at milry62 says, Ants marching. I just bought my first floor tickets today for Columbus. Congrats that you were able to get tickets. You were one of the few. Um, that wasn't a part of the tweet. I just added that. <laughs> um, when should I get there to get a good spot? Hashtag Ants podcast. So... Um, you know, we kind of talked about this, you know, in one of the other podcasts from a question related to Alpine and, you know, the pit at Alpine. You know, it depends on what you mean by good spot. It's going to be a very big floor, indoor type of arena. So um, if you're trying to get railed, you're going to want to get there as early as you possibly can the day of the show and plan on waiting in line forever. Make sure you have warehouse tickets, which it sounds like you may not because you just got tickets today. So it sounds like they're the public sale ones. So you might be at a little bit of a disadvantage um, if they do let warehouse tickets go in early. Um, which they will. Which they will. I mean, they, I mean yeah, they, they've done the past few tier tours. Um, so, you know, in general, I would say, you know, a good spot, you're probably going to want to get there pretty decent time. So, uh, you know... You know, if, you, if you're there, probably there's people that would be crazy. They're trying to get rail. They're going to get there probably, you know, many hours before doors open. Um, depending on the venue, it could be significantly many hours before the doors open. If you get there at uh, about door open time, you're going to get a good seat. 
you're going to be there for a while, right? Doors open at five for a whatever. I'm assuming it's five for a seven o'clock show. I mean, you you get there, you're going to get a good spot, but you're going to also be there two hours before the show. So, um, other than that, I, I, I mean, you have some advice. Well, I, well, I was going to say, I I recall walking out of uh, Charlottesville with both of you in 2010, and as we walked by the the side area where people mm. were lining up earlier for um to get on the pit people were already lining up basically they walked out of the venue and got in line to get in the pit for the next day so they slept overnight people sleep in lines uh for the big shows and uh yeah um you don't need to do that unless you're trying to get rails you can still get a quote-unquote good seat without having to sleep on a cold cement step outside the venue good to know good to know by the way hashtag free he Okay. Free hee hee, yeah. See, it's right in the song. <laughs> <laughs> Write it out on a piece of paper and you realize you've got back-to-back E's and back-to-back H's, too. Makes it really hard. If you don't do some capitalization in yeah, there, that's it makes a good it one. very Free hee. Try, try to figure out what that, what, what that is without the capitalization. <laughs> uh, you, you got a question, Matt? Uh, I do. So um, Boris Fowler had a good one. He reached out and uh, actually kind of threw out the gauntlet there, called me out and said, I, I think... Now, this is a long question, but it was three tweets, so he doesn't have some kind of mystical power on Twitter, unfortunately. But I think Matt made a comment about Springsteen's set lists. In their defense, this year they are playing the River album every night, and while his shows may have less variety from night to night on a normal tour, the chances of getting deep tracks or rarities is much greater than DMB shocking the world with a rarity. I think that makes up for some of the repeats each night. What are your thoughts? I, I just he addressed me like a like a debate. I have thirty seconds to respond. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I want to say Boris, I, I respect um, Bruce, and I wasn't I wasn't really knocking Bruce. I was just trying to pull up a mainstream big name performer that typically doesn't have a ton of variety in the set list. And you know what? I stand corrected. Then uh, maybe James Taylor would have been a better a better example. Um, somebody who I really greatly respect, but seeing two shows um, in a row is not something that will give you the same experience as seeing two Dave Matthews band set lists in a row with a, with a diversity. Um, so I love Bruce and uh, I didn't mean to disparage the boss. What can I say? Hope I'm not fired, but um, yeah, good point. Good point on that. Yeah, but I, it's an interesting concept though, to, to a way, you know, would you take DMB if we translated an equivalent doing, you know, a very similar core set of, set list but as a trade-off you got a couple really treats would i watch them play before these crowd of streets with no that's you know it's it's not it, it, we're not going to go album that because that's that makes it too difficult i'm just saying a core set say this is the 2016 set and they're gonna play these eight to ten songs no. every night uh in probably in the exact same order or probably same same order no that'd be horrible but, but you're going to get your Dodo, you're going to get your Help Myself, you're going to get your Ehe. But here's that's kind of what they do already, and you don't get your Dodo, and you don't get your Help Myself. <laughs> I don't think, and I'm saying every night. You know, they, they do have a core set over the tour, changes from night to night, but I'm talking like actual same, same core set. Um, uh, I don't think they're built for that. They're not built either. for that. They're I not. Why they're we don't not. Get, well, the reason Let's why we say, don't get crazy rarities now is because they're not built for that. We're, so even we're, if they we're play, not. We're not. We're not talking. I'm, I'm, we're just hypothetical. Let's say they they were built for it. Would you take a show that way 
No. Or would you would you would you prefer less rarities and more diversity? Ooh. Yeah, Smitty said it on there. The diversity is worth more than one good set list. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's not literally one good set list. Well, you could call it maybe one good set list, but it's you getting you know those getting the chance to get those ultra rare songs. Yeah. Have we got another question? Uh, Carollo. Can't read that far. Forty-one. <laughs> Get your bifocals on. Uh, your thoughts on DMB or Dave and, T- Dave and Tim residency in Vegas in twenty seventeen? Hashtag Ants Podcast. Uh, no, I mean you know it's not. He's not desperate like Brittany or Celine Dion or something like that. It's not. It's not that point. But yet. his heart will go on. His heart, his, his heart will go on. There's no doubt about that. But no, it's not. It's not that time yet. It's really not. So um, you're, when you're answering, when you're answering this question and saying your thoughts, you're answering it as, as the question as, will it happen? Is that how you're answering it, or are you answering it what you want to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't. It's not going to happen. I, I'd love to see the band play on the moon. It's just not going to happen. It's kind of not worth walk, worth talking about. Okay, I think this is a little bit different than playing on the moon. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's maybe how much it's different, Jake? Those... Wait, say that again. <laughs> how different is how pl- different is them yeah. setting up shop in Vegas for a season and playing on the moon? How different is it? Likelihood Not really. <laughs> not really. Thank you. I knew you'd have my back on that. Yeah, it's it's real. It's just. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just not. That's not their thing. I mean, it goes back to the whole setlist diversity. I mean, you know, they're going to play two nights in Vegas or, or two shows in Vegas a night, and you know, they're going to play the same songs every night, and that's just not them. You know, I, I have not seen Britney on on Vegas, uh, but I would harbinge to guess that uh, she probably plays the exact oh, deep same tracks, set. deep tracks only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you can you imagine um, DMV on a, a Vegas residency? And you know, with those residencies, they do the full like stage production, and you get like Boyd on like some like thing that's like swinging him above the crowd as, as <laughs> eight wardrobe changes. <laughs> it has eight wardrobe. You got you got a uh, couple different times they uh, wax up his chest a couple, you know, or, or shine his chest. Yeah, I mean, oh, it'd be oh, quite the you're production, going there, Joe. I, I don't want to. I don't want to follow you on that trip. <laughs> well, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, uh, it's, um, it seems unlikely. I don't think uh, I don't think there's really the draw. I mean, Vegas will pay a lot of money for people to come out there and play a certain number of weekends, but um, probably not going. Bands probably not going to take them up on it. Uh, how about another question? I got one here. Um, looks like uh, Ray Colazzo. Colazzo. Sorry, Ray. Um, that says, um, any guesses on covers this tour? Steely Dan's My Old School, um, if they can figure that out, if they can figure out the piano, is that, could they do that? A hashtag Ants Podcast. So uh, you guys want to make any bold predictions on what a potential cover this year could be? They won't play Steely Dan's My Old School. Okay, great, great. You, what, what will be interesting is if the band does any tributes to some of the fallen um, musicians. So this you got to reach towards Bowie then, right? Well, I mean, you know, you got Bowie. You got, how about Ace of Spades, man, for Lemmy, for Motorhead? That would be awesome. Yeah. But, B- I mean, really. B- I mean, could, you could you 
you could easily see Dave Matthews Band doing Take It Easy from the Eagles. They could do that song in their sleep. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's some stuff. I mean, you know, sure, they could do Smuggler's Blues, too. But, I mean, let's be realistic. I think you're on a, I think you're on to something. I think you I think, too. Yeah. The I never think you're on to something. I know. Yeah. This is kind of weird. <laughs> the, but, I mean, you know, there could be some. I mean, it, it would be great if they switch up. It's very unfortunate that we've lost a lot of great musicians this year already. And it's only, you know, we're recording this on February 21st. Um, so that's something they could do. I don't know if that's going to, you know, the momentum's going to carry over to the tour, but there's something, I mean, there's so many songs from Bowie they could do. I mean, so many, even they've done a few, they've done fame and, and golden years mm-hmm. and, and teases for too much, but uh, you know, well, they maybe fame do, comes back in too much. Maybe that, uh, you would know, be cool. it could be I'd something be as that. simple as that, but cool. yeah. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of stuff out there they could do to to do tributes to to the people that have passed. So uh, Joey Castro, a big podcast contributor, Joey Bats Five, asks us uh, one more for next week, which is this week. After hearing Granny in the studio, in your opinion, should it have been should it have made under the table in dreaming? No. Whoa. Yeah. No. You're not gonna, why? I, actually, I say I, no. I, I don't like it actually. It really. I, you tired it of it, or you don't like it? I don't like it. I think it doesn't capture the live sound of the band, of what Granny is. Oh, Granny's, it's a live song. Oh yeah. It's just, but I mean, what would you say captures it? The way that Steve Lillywhite produced it, the way he made almost that chaos in the breakdown before Roy solo, really sort of gave you that feel of what the song was. And, and to me, Granny doesn't capture that. And and I was actually kind of surprised. It was one of the most anticipated tracks for me to listen to. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't there. Yeah. I, I, think I actually didn't think of that, and I think that's a good point. I think you get Granny in its live form is the most appropriate way that Granny should be uh, played and listened. So I agree. Skip the studio. It gets a yeah. huge reaction. And it's really cool to see after this band touring for 25 years that a song that's never touched an album gets such a reaction at every single live show it's played at. It's really cool. Yeah. I like it. it. Absolutely. Um, FDL Sunshine, that's Joe Kirkman to you and me. Um, Ants Marching, making a trip to Berkeley for our first DMB two-night stand. Any advice, read two-night stands or Berkeley-specific? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty for Berkeley. My God. Don't talk to anybody. Don't touch anything. Don't tell me you're a Republican, <laughs> for God's sakes. Holy Find crap, your safe space, you. by all yeah. means. Um, no, I mean, two, two night stands are fun, and this is something we've kind of been, been touching on a little bit. You're going to hear, uh, in theory, you're going to hear 40 different songs, and, and that's something that's unique to Dave Matthews' band, that there aren't a lot of bands out there that do that, mm-hmm. um, outside of maybe you know Pearl Jam off the top of my head, and I'm sure there's a few others that They'll be tweeting at us and saying, oh, my band does that. Um, but that is um, that is something that is, is, is unique, like I said, to them. And the difference is, though, California shows are a little more laid back. Um, it's not the typical audience that you'll see uh, on the other side of the coast. So just kind of keep in mind that too. That's fair, right, Joe? 
I think that's fair. I would say, you know, my what I would say, what to expect for Berkeley is expect a refined and better version of the Gorge set that's going to happen the, the weekend after it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's what I know. I predicted that before. I, I just feel like Berkeley's going to get some good shows, and uh, Gorge is going to be a repeat of those plus fill, plus filler songs. But I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to the Gorge, um, but that's my prediction for 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 Berkeley. Two night stands. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I have any other specific advice for two night stands. Um, I think you hit it, Jake. Oh, thank you. Um, Dylan Brown Music asks Ants Marching, "What show non live release have you listened to the most ever? Need some good download suggestions." Hashtag Ants Podcast. Well, you don't need any good download suggestions. You just need to go to the Spotlight series that we're doing. Come on, Dylan. Give us a pro. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but. But uh, anyway, uh, way, way back in the day, one of the first tapes I ever got, and maybe the first tape I ever got in the old tape trading tape days. Tape or eight Don't... track, Jake. Yeah, eight track. We're talking about back in your day or back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even tape. They just they just sang you what the show was because it was just like <laughs> you mean real to mouth. real? Well, you're you're real to real player, right? Yes. The show was ten one ninety three. Uh, from Ziggy's in um, North Carolina. And I listened to that show so much. I probably warped the tape. Um, it's still one of my favorite shows of all time, probably because I listened to it a billion times. It has um, an early um, say goodbye on it. It opens with that when it was known as any noise or anti noise. Um, it opens with three Dave solo songs. The early say goodbye, I just mentioned best of what's around and watchtower. And then Boyd comes out and sings Angel Montgomery with, with uh, Dave. I mean, just, I mean, what a way to start the show. Has a doobie thing into recently. It's got that old, um, that little satellite jam they played for a couple shows as they went into satellite. It's just a really, really, really good show. I listen I like to that, that one a lot. Really nice, a, uh, really nice soundboard we have up there, too, of that show. Might be a future in the spotlight. Ooh, ooh. A, little, a little foreshadowing. Yes. I like that. So, Matt, you've probably listened to 619 2000 more than anything, right? No. Uh, <laughs> I have listened to it, but I would say my listen to show is probably my second show ever, which was um, SPAC 2000. Uh, I think they were only SPAC 2001. No, you know what? No, 2000 were my first year, not 2001. Um, right, yeah, Ralph, uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium. I, I made a mistake. No, my, my first show was 2000. My second show was uh, late August that year, but that was Live Tracks 11. So um, I don't really know if that, that counts as a valid answer. It doesn't. He it specifically does said live, not live releases. Joe, what was that Blossom show we saw together? Was it like 04 or 03 with, with the Ants Marching? I don't know. If, you're, if it's your most listened to show, don't you know, don't you know the date? Wow. 620, was... 6 2003 there you go joke. <laughs> that wasn't it that wasn't it by the way but whatever that wasn't it <laughs> it's not the show that they played ants on oh that's not the show oh. it's like this is the best ants ever it's the greatest it, 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 oh, was, it was 629 2004 there you that's go that's what it was ants closed it was wild they had a five song encore um improv so much bridge pentel nagapampa rapunzel which was really cool Mm-hmm. We got Joyride, we got Sugar Will, 
Hello Again, uh, The Stone, Into Ants Marching to End the Show. Very, and, and two rare songs for that tour also. Stone was played twice, Ants only four times. So, yeah. I like, I like Jake's pick better. Even though, even though I was at that show with you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that is fine. And, and actually, Stone was played 24 times and Ants was played 21. I read, I read the numbers wrong. It. I was really hoping yes. nobody would pay attention, but thanks, Jake, for being on top of that. Yes. <laughs> Since you created that little metric, I thought I'd point it out. I did. I did. You got me. You got me. <laughs> oh, lovely. I think that exhausts our questions for the week. It cool. does. Good, good questions. Thank you guys for all the questions. Yep. Thanks for the hashtag Ants podcast. Absolutely. So um, uh, pretty soon this week, we'll have the DMV vote series posted. We'll have our In the Spotlight release posted. And um, until next Sunday, you guys got anything left to say? Free Dodo. Free Dodo. Free. (laughs) You got to be the one. I just like saying it. (laughs) Free death on the high seas. Free education. Free everything. Oh, gosh. Ah, End the podcast now. We'll stop right there. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of the Ants Marching Dodo podcast. We will be back next Sunday with episode 60. So thanks. Well, uh, we'll see you again. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB. Ooh.